When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Well, some somber news to pass along from the world of sports. Jim Brown, the legendary running back from the NFL, has died. You could never reduce Jim Brown to just a football player, but if you wanted to talk about him as a football player, you would probably start as the greatest football player (laughs) of all time. But after those nine NFL seasons, he was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1971, and the rest of his life he spent as an activist during the Civil Rights era and also there in South Central Los Angeles. Jim Brown was 87 years old. Jim Brown, the iconic running back, the Pro Football Hall of Famer, The guy who, when you watched him run in highlights, those grainy black and white films, like if you're watching ESPN right now, you're seeing, you're just seeing him pummel over guys. That's just what Jim Brown epitomized as a runner. He was a running back that could have played in any era, any generation, and he has passed away today at age 87. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Kenny and Carlin is always presented by Progressive Insurance alongside Andre Snellings on Michael Rothstein. And we're going to head out to the phone again as we have been doing so much today to talk with people about Jim Brown. And we're going to chat with Gerard Cherry, the three-time Super Bowl champion for the New England Patriots, the co-host of The Next Level on ESPN Cleveland, and my Sometimes co-host on game night on ESPN Radio on the weekends. Gerard, my man, how are you? Thank you for taking some time today on what I imagine is a very somber day in Cleveland. Uh, it certainly is, and doing our show today to have it broken in with that news obviously was not a pleasant thing to discuss, but we had to discuss it. We have to talk about it, and the beautiful thing is that Jim Brown is such a multifaceted human being that there's so much to say and discuss about what he represents as a football player, what he represents as a icon from a entertainment standpoint with movies. And then as an activist, all the things that he's done in that 87 years of life to give us ample things to talk about and honor him with. Absolutely. So um, I'm sitting here. One of the things I've been watching on Twitter is this moment when Cleveland Brown, I mean Cleveland Cavaliers, when LeBron James was about to lead them to a championship, and he sees Jim Brown in the crowd, he points at him, and he like bows to him. Even no longer being in Ohio, that just kind of has to give me some chills. As the bridge from one championship era to the other, being in Cleveland, how do you, how do you see the torch being passed from one great to another in that moment? Well. That moment was definitely poignant, and it represented a lot for Cleveland sports because, as you know, championships have not been forthcoming in the Cleveland, <laughs> Northeast Ohio, or in Cleveland, period. So for LeBron to, one, show him that level of respect and to do that gesture, and for Jim Brown to be in a place to receive it and understand what it represents meant a lot to Clevelanders, but it also means a lot to American sports in general because when you think about what Jim Brown was doing in the 60s 
and his activism and what you see LeBron James doing. And some may not agree with his political positions on certain things and what he tends to support. But you have to respect the fact that, like Jim Brown, LeBron James has put himself at risk in speaking out and going against certain things that come, some may consider anti-establishment, if you will. So for me, that moment is huge because it's respect for the fact of recognizing, hey, Jim Brown set the template. Jim Brown was the one who showed us that, hey, you don't have to be perceived as just dribble, that you can be more than an athlete, that you have the ability to do well beyond what you do on the football field with your athletic prowess. Absolutely. And I was actually I was speaking about that earlier. We've talked a lot about the image of, of Jim Brown and Bill Russell and Muhammad Ali and, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sitting on this panel and what that meant as a young black man growing up in Ohio um, in the 80s. You and I are about the same generation. How would you characterize the impact of Brown's activism on your life? I would say it's huge. And I had an opportunity to meet Jim Brown on two occasions. One, as a college athlete on his way to the NFL, when I was at a scholarship banquet, and I had on this polka dot bow tie, and he commented on it like, nice bow tie, young man. And I was like, thanks, Mr. Brown. I appreciate that. So him rapping with me, just talking to me, and not giving me a hard time for not being officially dressed with a solid black bow tie was pretty funny in his own right. And I also had opportunity to interview him some almost 10 years ago with one of my first major big interviews, and just the level of energy, the level of respect and just approachability that he had in that interview always and on that engagement that I had with him as a college kid always pressed upon me that, hey, this man, though he's stellar and in high regard, he's approachable. And on top of that, he wants to see you succeed, and you felt that. So for me, I, didn't, I come from a generation like you where we heard of the legend mm-hmm. of Jim Brown. We didn't see it but we knew of the legend of what he represented. And what we saw when we would see those grainy black and white films was like, oh, my God, this guy <laughs> could play in any Arab. But to see him on I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, to see him on when Mars attacks, and to still be holding it down well after his playing career just shows you how much longevity and vitality that he had. We're talking to Gerard Cherry, three-time Super Bowl champion, co-host of The Next Level on ESPN Cleveland. We're talking about Jim Brown passed away today at age 87. Two things there, my man, is this. One, are you sure he was being serious about the bow tie? And two, do you still have that bow tie because Jim Brown complimented it and you're like, I'm never going to lose this thing ever? I knew he was joking about the bow tie, and here's the deal with it. So I'm in this, I'm at the Waldorf Astoria at this awards banquet, and everyone has a solid black bow tie and here i am trying to best be an individual nothing wrong with that that's what we're all about having our individual expression but it totally was not the proper attire it wasn't it just wasn't it was truly a solid black bow tie affair but he probably sensed that once i was like oh man i'm kind of over causing attention to myself here and he made light of it but i didn't walk away from it like oh, man, Jim Brown just clowned me or anything like that. I was like, Jim Brown was being supportive of me. <laughs> so, But you didn't answer. Do you still have it? No, oh, man. You, Mike, I probably <laughs> lost that when I got back to Cali from New York. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't know. You never know. Sometimes people will say things to you or compliment something, and then, or maybe I'm just a hoarder. I don't know. Like, I mean, these are just things that happen, Gerard. 
<laughs> Heck, man, I don't even think I can get it around my neck at this point. <laughs> well, yeah, we all, another, I, that's another said. conversation for for another day <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, I'm I'm glad that we can get some some laughs and and uh, when we think about uh, Jim Brown's legacy, because it wasn't all serious, it wasn't all heavy. You know, you you mentioned him in his role, and I'm gonna get you sucker. Him and Isaac Hayes together as partners in that movie was just comedy genius. Like that was one of the the, the great movies that that brought us Chris Rock with you know, like uh, uh put him right. half a dime, you know, and and so. When we talk about Jim Brown's legacy, speak a little bit about his legacy as an entertainer as well as an activist and an athlete. Well, well think about it. The role that he has with Raquel Welch is probably the first time that you see a black man with a white woman in that situation where it's not something to the level of I would say exploitation or just creating this, these images of, oh, my gosh, black man trying to take the white woman or anything like that. But just, hey, respect this figure as a man mm-hmm. and what he represents as opposed to what you saw early on in media with Birth of a Nation. So you get that imagery. And the thing that I find amazing about that is that think about the, the way in, in Keenan and that Jim Brown was one of the first action figure types and superheroes from that standpoint, as a black man, and that's what it represents. So to put him, bring him back from the 60s into the 80s during that movement just represents, again, paying homage to the fact of what he was also a trailblazer and groundbreaking in, in that regard as well. Because the one thing I love about Jim Brown's story is that you couldn't peg him in one spot. You couldn't create this one narrative about him and say he was in this space and you kept him there. He made a point in his life to never go there. We talked about this on my show earlier that the Browns at one point in time, was, was prior to the Haslam management, they were trying to picture him as just a mascot, if you will. And he was like, no, if you're going to have me be on the scene here, I'm going to have some say. I'm going to have some insight and some input on what's taking place with this organization. I'm not just going to be your figurehead who you roll out here and say, hey, Jim Brown's here, and point to him on the camera, and everyone start yelling out of homage and respect for what he represents. So that part, now in the latter stages of his life, where who knows where the income is at and where the money's coming from, where he still was unwilling to just bow down and say, hey, I'll do whatever it takes to get that dollar. Gerard, thank you so much for taking a few minutes today. This, this was awesome and, and gave us a real good, I think, local perspective of what Jim Brown has meant to the city of Cleveland and to you personally, you know, bow ties aside. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Nice, nice join you guys, man. Have a great day. Absolutely. That was Gerard Cherry, the three-time Super Bowl champion, co-host of The Next Level on ESPN Cleveland, and my sometimes co-host when we get paired together on game night on ESPN Radio on the weekends. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio alongside Andre Snellings. I'm Michael Rossi, and we're, of course, talking about the life and death of Pro Football Hall of Fame running back Jim Brown, who died earlier today at age 87. Jim Brown was an eight-time All-Pro, went to the Pro Bowl in each of his nine years in the league. When he walked away at age 30, he was the NFL's all-time leader in rushing yards with 12,312 and rushing touchdowns with 126 Sorry, that's all-time touchdowns with 126. Rush, also rushing touchdowns with 106. That tells you exactly how good he was. 6.2 yards per rush in his career. That was an NFL all-time best. And he held the single-season 
rushing record at that point of 1,863 yards, which he set in 1963 at eight rushing titles in his nine seasons in the NFL. That's four clear of any other running back in their careers in terms of rushing titles. Earlier in the show, Dre, we had Jim Beheim on, and he Jim Beheim grew up in Syracuse, New York, where Jim Brown went and played football and basketball and lacrosse at Syracuse. Jim Brown as Jim Beheim as a kid used to go watch Jim Brown play sports. They ended up obviously getting to know each other, Jim Beheim. Now the former head coach at Syracuse University in terms of the basketball program, but he joined us earlier today and here's one of the many stories he had about Jim Brown. It's uh, it's a big hole in in Syracuse fandom and athletics and in the university. Uh, when you when you talk about Jim Brown, you just you know he 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 really retired. I think he was just short of thirty. He probably could have played four or five years the way his body was, and you know he he would have set records that nobody would have ever set. But um, yeah, he one of a kind. I remember there was a spring day here, and he played on the lacrosse team and scored six or eight goals. And there was a track meet, and he won five. He won the track meet. He won five events by himself. Yes. <laughs> and then he played in a spring football game and scored four, five, four touchdowns or something. The same day. See, the same day or the same week. It might have been the same day. I've always said the same day. Maybe if they fact check me, which we don't do anymore in this country, uh, <laughs> you know, it would, <laughs> it would it wouldn't be. But I think it was the same day. And, uh, you know, who could do that? You know, <laughs> not many people, maybe Jim Thorpe, but uh, nobody else. <laughs> We're talking to Jim Beheim here on Kenny and Carlin. And Jim, to follow on that, like you said, you grew up in Lyons, New York. Do you remember the first time you saw Jim Brown live? Did you see him when you were a kid? Like, did Yes. Well, do you remember the first time him, you saw him? The first time I really saw him, I, I saw him, you know, in the, you know, on TV games and stuff, but when he... When he went to the, the, I think they played TCU in the Cotton Bowl, and he scored 28 points. He, he kicked, you know, he, people sometimes don't remember, he kicked extra points, too. So he scored four touchdowns and kicked the four extra points, and they won 28-27, I think. Wow. And I said, man, look at this guy. And then I was a Browns fan. He goes there, and I watched every Sunday Browns, every game that he played, I watched. So pretty amazing. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, really quick. Um, yes. So you mentioned earlier that, that Jim Brown had some rough edges, and then you also talked about yeah. Ernie Davis. So yes. I, I watched the, the movie The Train, the, the Ernie Davis story, yes. and, and yes. the whole time they kept saying, this guy's great, but we can't let him be another Jim Brown. But being <laughs> those rough edges also played a part in his activism. So how would you – encompass kind of the 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 man that the rough edges were both a bane yeah. and a strength yeah i mean he did a lot of great things you know i think you know he i, I think he was a flawed human being you know uh, which ernie davis davis wasn't because i know people that knew ernie davis and i mean he, he was the nicest kid anybody ever knew up here jim had rough edges obviously he had trouble with relationships with women that's been well publicized 
but he raised a lot of money. He helped a lot of people that were in prison with his America I Can program. And uh, he he did a lot of counseling with gangs in L.A. Um, you know, I'm not going to try to balance it out or anything. He did a lot of good. Obviously, there was bad. But uh, in the long run, I think he left a good, good, <laughs> a good mark on his community and with the people he touched. And but as an athlete, he's he's really I get shaky whenever I get around him. And I mean, I I I didn't get shaky around too many. I I got shaky around Henry Aaron, and I got shaky around Jim Brown, and I met Sandy Koufax once. And that was one of those experiences. And I met Arnold Palmer. Those those are guys I look at as like, okay, I get nervous around those guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and if you don't, you're just too cocky. That, of course, was Jim Beheim, the Syracuse, legendary former Syracuse basketball coach. He joined us earlier on Candy and Carlin to talk a bit about the life of Jim Brown, who died on Friday at age 87. This is Kenny and Carlin alongside Dr. Andre Snellings. I'm Michael Rothstein. We've been talking for about the last two and a half hours or so about Jim Brown, the Pro Football Hall of Fame running back who died at age 87. And that last anecdote, Dre, that, that Jim Beheim talked about, it, it's funny because I remember as a 20-year-old, 19-year-old kid at Syracuse meeting Jim Beheim and feeling very similar then mm-hmm. before I got into journalism and I don't, you know, get boot shaking, I guess, from anyone. But it was, you know, for me, it was Jim Beheim, Red Auerbach, who I met in person right, right after I graduated, and John Wooden, who actually called on the phone and he picked up the phone just randomly and talked to me for like 45 minutes about Pete Carroll. It was wild. But that was the thing. I think a lot of athletes had that feeling about Jim Brown when they met him. Absolutely, because the man was larger than life. And out of that same kind of anecdote, you, in, in being 20, to, to your point, when I was 20, I was running track for Georgia Tech. You know, So I thought I was big stuff. I was a sprinter, ran the 110 high hurdles. So when I, see, I, mean, when I hear Jim Beheim say that on potentially the same day, Jim Brown scored six to seven lacrosse goals, won five different track events to win the meet by himself, and then scored four touchdowns in the spring football game. He was kicking the extra points as well as scoring the touchdowns. Like you, you know, got my, tired, huh? Man, my head <laughs> right, exactly. You know, my, my my head explodes even trying to imagine how much better you have to be than everyone else at these sports to be able to do all of that at the same time. Well, I mean, you did run track at Georgia Tech, so I understand why you would not be able to comprehend being able to do all of those things. <laughs> and I say that as somebody who lives in Atlanta, even though I'm safe. I see New what York you today. did there. Oh, yeah. No, I, I realize there's going to be a lot of Georgia Tech hate here. Oh, wait a minute. But um, I was running with some Olympic gold medalists, dog. We, okay, well, then uh, – then uh, Check out our track team from them days. Well, you just, you just made me very quiet right there. But <laughs> that's the thing. Is Jim Brown excelled at – Whatever sport you put him in front of, I, people and Jim Beheim okay. was talking about it before. You don't understand how good he was at lacrosse. This guy might have been also one of the top five or top ten lacrosse players ever. Right? Syracuse is a legendary lacrosse program. They had the Powells, Mikey Powell, Casey Powell, Ryan Powell. They had the Gates, Gary Gate, Paul Gate, Gary Gate. Of course, now the coach of the men's team. It, 
But Jim Brown was in that same breath with those guys. And, of course, he played 30, 40 years earlier than the Gates and the Powells. I was in school with the Powells in the late 90s, early 2000s. Like, he was equally good at lacrosse as football, and he would be a transcendent player, kind of like a Caitlin Clark with Iowa or somebody like Jenny Finch from softball for lacrosse if he had come around now. Like, that's what he would have meant to lacrosse. That's how good he was there. Coming up, tune in tonight for Game 2 of the NBA Eastern Conference Finals as the Celtics host the Heat. That's presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80. We will go out to Boston next for a preview after Andre has this word from Indeed. If you're gearing up for hot summer hires, then stop making candidate cold calls and hire with Indeed. Their powerful all-in-one hiring platform makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates all in one place. With tools like Instant Match, the moment you sponsor a post, you'll instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. You can then invite them to apply, schedule, and conduct interviews all from the Indeed website. To learn more, visit Indeed.com credit. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com network. 
Monty and Carlin, the podcast. Just to update the biggest news in the sports world, possibly some of the biggest news in the United States today. Pro Football Hall of Fame running back, activist, actor, lacrosse star, Jim Brown has died at the age of 87. Jim Brown, an eight-time All-Pro, nine-time Pro Bowler before he walked away from football at age 30, where he retired as the all-time leader in rushing yards with 12,312 and touchdowns totality in totality at 126. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio alongside Dr. Andre Snellings. I'm Michael Rothstein, and we're going to go out to Boston right now because Coley Harvey is in Boston. He is an ESPN reporter. He covers pretty much everything for us. Coley, thank you for taking some time today. You were going to be on the sidelines tonight of Celtics Heat Game 2 later on this evening. But I want to start here because you actually covered the Muhammad Ali funeral for ESPN. I guess, what was that? Uh, Six years ago, uh, well, God, be six years, years six it'll seven be, years now. It'll be seven years in about two weeks. Yeah, yeah seven. I, I remember because you and I were both in Cincinnati. Actually, I was at the Bunbury Festival, and you were maybe going to join me there, but instead you went to Louisville. What do you remember about Jim Brown that week? Because Jim Brown and Muhammad Ali knew each other so well, and Jim Brown was there at that funeral. What what stood out from from that week that you remember, and maybe about Jim Brown in that in that situation? Well, well, from that week, what stands out is you're you're celebrating an icon, and this is arguably uh, when it comes to sports, uh, Jim Brown may be uh, uh, kind of one A to Ali in a certain respect because they were both uh, so prominently uh, factoring into the culture of the United States. Um, you know, at a very pivotal point of of the history of this country. Um, you know, not just. Uh, being such qualified, great stars at their sports, but also being uh, those yeah. activists speaking out for people who, who required uh, uh, some level of social change to come their way. And, and so what really stood out from that week of, of the, uh, the memorials going into the, the funeral services, I guess you could say, for, for Ali, was uh, just the respect that was paid to this, to this giant from people from all walks. Uh, you know, you mentioned Jim Brown. You mentioned, uh, you know, you talk about boxing legends who were there, uh, members of the, the cultural, pop cultural world who were there. Uh, I met people from all over the planet, actually, that week, people from Bangladesh, people from uh, Brazil, people from the U.K. who just wanted to come over to Louisville to, uh, to pay those respects. And I feel like we're going to see some of the same uh, now that uh, now that we've unfortunately lost Jim Brown. Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, Coley, one of the things I've been talking about a lot on this show is what Jim Brown meant to me as an African-American man outside of uh, what he meant as an athlete. So can you speak a little bit to that as as someone who's in sports entertainment um, but is also a black man in America, what Jim Brown's legacy has meant in your life? Well, one of the the biggest uh, uh, legacies that he left was just proving that black men and black people can – succeed at something beyond just being uh, an athlete and being on the hard court or being uh, on the football field or the lacrosse field as well. Uh, you know, seeing him in movies, uh, I think that's something that's always going to, uh, to stand out to me. Granted, I'm, I'm so, so young for uh, the movies that he first kind of began appearing in. Uh, you know, that's more my parents' generation. But, uh, but still being able to um, – sorry, that's the, uh, the buzzers here at TD Garden. But, um, but being able to be around that and, 
and, and seeing the impact that having a, a face that looked like mine at a, a time period where, um, you know, you weren't really getting stars to appear in serious roles and roles uh, alongside actors who did not look like them. I think that's that's part of that legacy, just opening the door for people like me to participate, not just in, in sports, but also in, in the entertainment field uh, in, in general. Um, and then also just as an athlete, uh, being uh, the great running back that he was, uh, I, I think that opened the door uh, for so many other uh, uh, uh Football players especially to come through and, and approve what they can what they can do to the league as well. We're talking to ESPN national reporter Coley Harvey here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio alongside Andre Snellings and Michael Rothstein. And Coley, you are in Boston for game two of the Eastern Conference Finals tonight. That's going to be on ESPN Radio a little bit later tonight. The Heat took game one. What do you need to see from Boston tonight for this not to be a complete disaster for the Celtics heading back to Miami. Uh, you know, I, I personally would like to see, uh, you know, not just the energy and effort that the Celtics had in the first half of Game 1, but I, I'd like to see that throughout the rest of the game if the Celtics are going to end up tying this series at 1. Um, you know, it just seemed like they really took their foot off the gas there in the third quarter of Game 1, and that that's, tends to happen with this team. We've, we saw it a couple of times last season. Uh, we've certainly seen it at times throughout this postseason where, uh, where when they get up big, uh, they just kind of ease up. Uh, uh, those 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 uh, you know of course game seven of the of the semifinals against Philadelphia they mashed the gas and stayed on the gas uh, winning in such blowout fashion um, the last time we really saw it in this particular matchup was actually a year ago today uh, down in Miami game two of the Eastern Conference Finals Boston lost game one uh, come back in in game two and end up winning by 25 so I, I think that's what uh, you know, if we're going to see the Celtics win tonight, that's what we've got to see is just that that relentless pursuit from the very beginning of the game all the way through uh, for 48 minutes. And the problem is uh, for them is that the Miami Heat are a team that's going to play you for 48 minutes. The, the Heat have uh, that that relentless defensive pressure that can keep up with with uh, with some of the scoring that the Celtics have. And that was part of the issue the other night. The Celtics just could not really get into good spacing, couldn't get into very good sets there in the second half. And, um, you know, and, and I think that's what really kind of slowed and stalled their offense in the third and fourth quarter, especially in that third quarter. Coley, we will be following you tonight and hearing you tonight on ESPN Radio for everything from the Celtics and the Heat. Thanks for taking a couple minutes tonight pregame, man. I appreciate you guys. You guys have a great afternoon. That is Coley Harvey, ESPN's national reporter. You'll hear him on the sidelines tonight as the Heat and Celtics game two kicks off the weekend. The weekend preview is brought to you by Geico. Switch to Geico today and see all the ways you can save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote and get started seeing how much you could save. Coming up, more about the life and death of Pro Football Hall of Fame running back Jim Brown, who passed away today at age 87, here on Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. 
Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Well, some somber news to pass along from the world of sports. Jim Brown, the legendary running back from the NFL, has died. You could never reduce Jim Brown to just a football player, but if you wanted to talk about him as a football player, you would probably start as the greatest football player of all time. But after those nine NFL seasons, he was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1971, and the rest of his life he spent as an activist during the Civil Rights era and also there in South Central Los Angeles. Jim Brown was 87 years old. As we've been talking about all afternoon, Pro Football Hall of Fame running back Jim Brown, an activist, an actor, lacrosse star, maybe the best football player that ever lived, has died today at age 87. To talk more about Jim Brown here on Candy and Carlin alongside Andre Snellings and Michael Ross, and we bring in Michael Wilbon from PTI, an NBA countdown. Of course you know who Michael Wilbon is. Wilbon, thanks so much for taking a few minutes here uh, on a very sad day in the world of sports. When you think of Jim Brown, what's, what's maybe that memory or the, the legacy, the point that stands out the most to you? Well, I was fortunate enough to have uh, personal memories, uh, professional but personal. Um, and, and, and it speaks to a lot of what Jim Brown was. This one story I'll tell you guys as quickly as I can. In 1991, or whenever the, I guess it was 91, whenever the, the L.A. riots took place following the Rodney King controversy, um, L.A. was on fire. Los Angeles, you know, the nation's second largest city, was on fire and in trouble. And at the center of that trouble, at, at some point, were gang uh, issues with Crips and Bloods famously in this country dominating the news. And my sports editor at the Washington Post uh, sent me out and said, listen, can you go out to L.A. and find out if there's any connection between what is going on, the unrest and the young men who were involved in it and lack of 
sports opportunities, the things that they probably used to do or their fathers or grandfathers did. And I said, sure. He said, if there's no story there, <clears throat> don't worry about it. But see if there's a story. So I come out from D.C. to L.A. And uh, I quickly find, yeah, there's, there's very much a connection um, between the, the lack of opportunities in Southern California and what these young teenage men were diverted to. But there was an important meeting that was going to be held at the home of Jim Brown uh, that night in the Hollywood Hills. And Jim Brown was already, Jim Brown was a mythic figure to me. I mean, I'm not really, I remember like the last couple of games of his career, but that's about it. He was still a mythic figure. The greatest football player of all time, the greatest lacrosse player of all time. We knew that growing up. There was no debate about who the GOAT was. The Jim Brown in multiple sports. And I got in touch with someone, I believe it was Roger Goodell. Um, that at that time, certainly not commissioner, nowhere near commissioner, never working at the NFL. I believe it was Roger Goodell. And I said, I, I need to get in touch with Jim Brown if I can. I'd love to go to this, this thing he's having in his house. And I got a call from Jim Brown at the hotel. This is pre-cell phone. And um, I went up to Jim Brown's house and he said, do you have you know how to get to my house? And he gave me directions. And I came up. And I, I was expecting because there are Crips and Bloods at the house. I mean, notorious gang members at the time that people knew by name and sight and reputation. I figured there'd be some law enforcement there, metal detectors, something. And I got to Jim Brown's house, and Jim Brown said, you know, come on in. Everybody's assembling here, and Nightline's going to be here, and so-and-so from New York Times is here, and you're here, good. And there was no, there was, there was no law enforcement. And Jim Brown had simply said, if you have weapons, lay them down before you come in my house. That's it. Put them down. And they did. Wow. And th it was the power of being Jim Brown. No one has that now. No politician has that now. No, no athlete has that now. There's charisma. There's, there's more international fame. Jim Brown was internationally famous. Nobody knew Jim Brown in London or Paris or East, you know, Eastern Europe. They, they didn't. But Jim Brown had a certain authority here, a power here that no athlete has now. Not LeBron, not Michael Jordan. First of all, they'd be the first to tell you that. <laughs> and certainly no politician. And the quieting of L.A., yes, obviously, law enforcement, police, and, and all kinds of people were heavily involved daily at risk of life and limb to quiet L.A. But Jim Brown had a hell of a lot to do with it. And simply being able to speak to these guys. And I, and I remember just walking up to people at Jim Brown's house, and Nightline did, was there and recorded it, and people can go back and get it if they want. But I just remember thinking, who has, who, who has this? Who has this kind of authority at the time? And again, that's, that's 30 years ago. And I, I, I'm going to go back and probably get some of the stuff. I don't even remember what I wrote at the time. I, I, I really don't. Okay. And it's just, it's, this is sad for me. I'm of an age where my heroes are mostly gone. And I don't know how long we're going to have, you know, uh, people of, of that time, his peers, Willie Mays, for instance, just for instance, Sandy Koufax. I don't know. But Jim Brown's passing is something that, uh, most people won't understand the significance of his life. And Jim Brown wasn't perfect. He was not a choir boy, not an angel. But people won't understand 
Um, I, I'm, I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky to have been around. And in the subsequent years after that, when I went to Cleveland, the greatest thing about going to LeBron James games in the playoffs was not to see LeBron James. I got to see Jim Brown. That's what's up. And talk with him. And uh, he came over once and said, bring your son over here. I want to meet him. I want to talk to your son. And he did. And I don't know if Matthew remembers. He's 15 now, and this was probably eight years ago. But that was the highlight of going to Cleveland for me, for playoff football games, for playoff basketball games, for anything, was that you might see Jim Brown. He, he, was, he had a presence in Cleveland, didn't live there, lived here where I am now in Southern California. But, um, you know, I know that's not the memory that people probably wanted to hear. They wanted to hear about some <laughs> touchdown or something. And I, I'm not old enough to remember that. I mean, I remember a little bit. But, you know, Jim Brown and, and Muhammad Ali had that for me and to lose Jim Brown today uh now it, 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 I haven't looked at any old bits is he was he 87 88 he, he, like he, was, he was 80 he was 87 Wilbon and uh I, we really, was Jim Brown born was he born on the same day as LeBron uh I don't I don't know that what is Jim Brown's birth if you tell it's either Michael Jordan or LeBron the Jim Brown was if either February 17 or January like 30th which one is it was, it was Michael Jordan's birthday Hey, Wilbon, thank okay, you so much, man. We really appreciate it. All right, you guys. Thank you for, to Michael Wilbon. Joe and Amber's coming up next, followed by Celtics and Heat. This is Canty and Carlin. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.